Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we are joined by Sean Fulkerson from KB FunFit out in Chandler, Arizona. Sean, what's going on? Not much, man. Just enjoying the rain. There you go. It little, little helps a little bit out there in the heat of Arizona. Uh, one of my yep. favorite states, to be honest. So maybe I'll be out there one day. Who knows? Um, but so KB Fit, you've had this gym business three years. I know you moved to this spot about a year ago or so. Uh, let's mm-hmm. just start like for the listeners, man. What is like the elevator pitch or speech that you would give to somebody who's inquiring into as what you guys do there at KB FunFit? So KB FunFit, we're basically an adult playground social hour where we work out. Um, the main goal of this was to create, I don't remember who said it, but that third place yeah. in your social structure. Um, yeah. So we're primarily, we work out, but it's really, we spend probably as much time working out as we do bullshitting throughout right. the day. Right. So it's basically just a time for people to, to hang out and continue to see their feet. I like that. I like that. Nobody's ever said it before. The, uh, yeah. There's another name I have for that. I can't say it on this podcast, but <laughs> you need to say there, see the feet. Hey, man, that's a that's a good goal, right? Like it's it's kind of what we're all doing here in, in this fitness world. So, so that's what we're doing there. So I know we do some CrossFit style workouts here, but just for the listeners, man, what are kind of the services and model that you run there? Uh, so we're if you got. Put us in a category where more of a functional fitness gym, so that CrossFit methodology. Uh, we have group fitness classes. We offer personal training. Uh, we've got nutrition coaching. Um, we do the whole gamut of supplements and nice. and that type of stuff. Um, I'm a one man band, so I get to wear all the hats. Um, but that's that's basically all of the the things that we are we got going on right now. I like it, man. A lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. PT group, subs, nutrition. One man band, which you mentioned, which, which I want to get to down the road here a little bit, just because, you know, running a gym business and coaching uh, takes a lot of time and energy, right? It's, it's a tough, it's a tough deal. I'm sure you're up early and I call it the 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. instead of the nine to five, right? So like, uh, yeah. it's, it's a long day and I've been there and I know it's uh frozen concert, right? But before that, let's get into kind of the origin story of the last couple of years for you with the business, man. I know you started this business in the garage and have grown to where you are now. Just give us the story of how this came about and how you got to the space you are now. Uh, so this has been a, kind of a gold mine for a while. Uh, I was in New York, I threw a dart at a dartboard and ended up in Arizona nice. working for a, a bank. Um, we had a difference of opinion on what customer service was. Apparently my levels were much higher than theirs. And we decided that it would, my services would no longer be required there. Sure. Um, so after I, I left that job, um, I decided that I was going to take a run at this. I was working as a coach for a great owner who either chose to not realize that I lived in their gym or just never mentioned it. And I actually ended up staying, living in their gym for about a year and a half um, in that time, just kind of developed the skills of coaching, uh, met my girlfriend. We ended up moving in together. Um, unfortunately had to leave that gym. Uh, then you got another crappy job. Uh, we got to a point where 
I had two life paths, either play professional poker or try to open a gym. Um, she decided that uh, the gym was a better option. Wasn't really sure who was going to work out in our garage, but said it was okay to take a shot at it. Yeah. Um, we were in the garage for about 18 months. Then we pissed off the HOA. Uh, the HOA got mad at us and sent us some threatening lovers. So we were on a time crunch and thought we found the perfect spot. Uh, we're about two days away from signing a lease. And that person had somebody come in and take that space away from us. So we were kind of under the gun. Sure. And we had about two weeks to find another spot. And that's kind of how we ended up here. Yeah. And now we're just trying to take uh, take a zero member when we started gym to uh, to something that we can can go on vacation for. <laughs> well, yeah, man, I love it. So you know, there's a few good questions in there, Sean. And uh, first of all, man, great story. I, lo I love it. And started this gym. So we had the garage, HOAs. Didn't like it, right? The, the community there. You started, so when you moved to this space right now, did you bring clients with you from the garage or did you start from scratch? No, we we had, when I originally started the gym, I didn't know anybody down here. So I basically yeah. decided to do it the hardest way possible. If I had done it in North Phoenix, I would open the doors with like 60 members. Sure. Um, but since I'm 35 miles away from them, they're like, I would love to come to your gym, but I'm never going to drive there. I'm like, I can understand that. Yeah. Um, so we had about 15 members in the garage. Uh, yeah. We took them all to this place, uh, lost about five in the transition because some of them were actually part of the the community that I lived in. Sure. And the perk was they could just walk out the front door and come to my garage and work out. Sure. And the two mile drive was a little bit much for them. So they left. <laughs> um, but we've, yeah, we started here with eight members. Um, and over the last year, like I said, I don't, we don't, I don't know anybody in the area. Um, my girlfriend, works from home and a company she works for is out of Texas. So she doesn't really have a big network either, but we've grown to about 30 members now yeah, okay. um, over the last year, slowly but surely. Um, so it's, it's a slow methodical process. Sure. No, of course not. Now, how big is, uh, what's your square footage in this space here? It looks like it's decent size space. Uh, we got about uh, 2,400 square feet. That's pretty good size. Very yeah, cool. not too bad. And with the model you're running, it's relatively open, open floor kind of format, right? Yeah, we, we, I've capped my classes since I'm one person. And I, I cap my classes at eight. I just don't feel that one coach can give this level of service sure. and attention that's needed to more than that. Um, no matter how good you are. Um, it's just, you can, after that, it just becomes herding cats where you're just trying to make sure nobody dies and okay. uh, the workout runs in an hour. <laughs> becomes uh, organized chaos at some capacity. I, I remember, yeah. maybe it's about me, but you have some classes with like 30 people in it and it's just like, you have barbells everywhere, you got medicine, kettlebells. Yep. You would then you take videos of it, you're like, this looks absolutely insane. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it, it if we took videos of those things, it ends up on that what, that uh, fail yeah. army thing that you yeah. see in a restaurant. Yeah. It's just, oh, not good. Yeah. It's, I have some old yeah. videos. And they pop up on my Facebook memories or Instagram, and I'm like, Jesus, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's scary. It's, yeah, so I, I get the capacity piece. Uh, it's more valuable, right? More valuable. You can uh, coach those people on a more of an individual basis, basis than having 20, 30 people in a class when it's hard to give cues and all that stuff. So, so cool. Yeah, so we yeah. started with eight people, right? Moved to this new facility a couple miles away from your house. 
over the past year, man, how have you gone about marketing the business to get those new people in the door? Uh, so I've basically followed the spaghetti and the wall trick. I've, I've done whatever sounded like it would work. I fired a shot at it to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I've done everything from going out to parking lots and plastering cars with flyers to hanging door hangers on people's doors to uh, every uh, Facebook ads. Um, anything you think of, I've probably tried it. Um, they're all... They're all about the same level of effectiveness. I mean, I, I haven't done anything that I haven't re returned at least as much as I spent on it. Um, yeah. uh, most of the, the most effective one is, is the one that they tell you all the time is word of mouth. You're never going to be what other people tell you. Um, but just um, majority of people that aren't coming from word of mouth are just walking by and seeing either flags or signs that I posted up or, just the, the stuff that I have in the windows. Sure, yeah, yeah. So you get they some walk-ins. Walk you get some walk-ins, which is which is a big plus, 100%. And yeah, like you said, man, word of mouth always good. Uh, means we're doing a good job, right? And people want to tell their friends and their family. Yeah. And their coworkers about it. And then yeah, you mentioned kind of the Facebook and social media ads. What has been your experience with that since you moved to this new space? Um. I it's it's. Being a one-man person, right. I'm probably definitely not doing it right. Um, it is effective. I mean, you'll get a bunch of leads. Sometimes the quality isn't as good as I would like it to be, um, but that's probably me not doing it right. Um, but it's it's okay. I mean, you get you get some names, and uh, then once you get the names, it's just about um, being annoying to them and and just keep keep throwing stuff in their face until they decide it's time to pull the trigger. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and that's just the nature of the beast, right? Like, uh, yeah. people, people are seeing ads all day and uh, not just online, but everywhere. And the fitness space is definitely congested, you know? So, like, yeah, we have to be super kind of aggressive on those ends. But with the fact that you're a one-man show, Sean, there's some challenges in there. Obviously, wearing a lot of hats from coaching to programming to running the business, doing the books, cleaning, probably 10 million other things. Say you got 20 people came in this month. Is that something that you're equipped right now by yourself to handle or would it be more of a slower growth at this point would be better for you? Um, well, I operate under the philosophy of I can do anything. I put my, the mother's philosophy of you can do anything you put your mind to. Yeah. Um, if 20 people walked in the door, would it be a challenge for me to get them on board? Uh, yeah, uh, but I could probably handle it. I'm more comfortable with like that five to seven members a month. Uh, I do have an onboarding program that I require everybody to go to through, which isn't as normal as I thought it would be in the industry, especially with the style of workouts that we're doing. But um, yeah, I would, if 20 people walked into the door today, that would be, I'd be putting on a, I'd be reorganizing some things to make it work. A good, a, a good problem to have, right? So like yeah. definitely ways that we can do that, but you just brought up your, your on-ramp getting started program. I, I did it 10,000 different ways. I'm sure you tried a few different ways and uh, I'm sure everybody listening, same idea. What's kind of like your process right now for if I join the gym today, what does that new person, that kind of new client experience look like? So it starts off with what, I mean, I went, I went through the two brain business um, sure. mentoring program 
I uh, read the read the book, which is uh, somebody's trying to open a gym. It's the best fifteen dollars you're ever going to spend in your in your life. It's pretty well organized. Um, but we went through. Uh, so they they go through the onboarding process and they have like a no sweat intro. So basically, every every day, no matter what you do, you're going to sit down with with me right now for like a 30, 40, my five minute talk. I just want to get to know you. I don't really, what are your goals? What are you really trying to do? Get to the bottom of it. Cause uh, most people come in and they go, well, I want to lose weight. And they don't really want to lose weight cause they don't know the difference between what the hell their weight is. Um, so getting to the bottom of what their goal is, setting them up with a plan. Um, we also have a, we have our in-body scanner here. So we throw them on that just to give them an idea of where they're starting. After that, we do our on-ramp. Uh, which is five 30 minute sessions, just me and them yeah. um, partially to get them familiar with the movements. Cause you don't want to throw them in a class with five other people and have to teach them how to do a snatch. It's that if you've never coached a snatch, it's, that's a ridiculous task to try to throw in front of five people. Yeah. So we run them through that. It's 30 minutes. I tell them, look, I'm not, I'm not asking you to remember anything. I tell you um, just when you see this movement, it clicks and you're going to be able to pick up at some point. So we go through that, hit all of the nine functional movements, a um, couple other things, throw them through a few workouts so they get an idea of what's going on. After the fit, after that fifth on-ramp, then they go into the group class. So it's about a two-week process that they're going through. Um, I usually tell people to do it every other day, you know, just because most people that are coming in here have been uh, doing 12-ounce curls and yeah. on their couch for the better part of the last two years. Um, and then once they get into the classes, uh, they're going through the regular program. Um, if it's a personal training client, they still do the, the intro. But after the intro, we just start running them through whatever workouts we've come up with uh, from the, the no sweat intro. Sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I like the no sweat intro a lot. Now, what is? how do you set up your pricing for that first month? Say I was going to start with the five one-on-ones and then go to the class. How does that first month for that person look like? Do you make it two different payments? Is it all covered under one lump sum? How have you broken that? So the first, we we broke it up into the first, when you onboard, it's a six, instead of a month, it's six weeks. Um, uh, depending on what promo we got going on, like right now, if you were to sign up and we're not running the, the promo we have right now is we're given two weeks free, which is basically we're throwing that no sweat intro in for free for them. Sure. Um, it's it the way I came up with the price is how much I'd have to pay a coach. Uh, the first month comes out to be two hundred and fifty dollars, um, and then after that, our it depends on what plan they go with. Um, it's either going to turn into like a one twenty five a month or one sixty five a month for the group class. Um, if it's a personal training client, it just goes to the it, yeah. we just throw them right into the um, whatever plan they decided to go with. Yeah, it makes sense. Totally makes sense. And there's, there's a thousand ways to do it, right? And I'm sure we'll probably change it a thousand times oh, in absolutely. the future moving forward. So, so, Sean, I'm in there, man. I did the on-ramp. I'm part of the group class now. I'm paying that monthly fee. Touching us earlier, but what are the ways your members are able to spend money with you on top of just that regular group training or that personal training package? So we we do a few different things. I got a monthly revenue generation. We have our nutrition program which is basically a, an accountability program. We teach them our philosophy on eating. Um, I'm, I like the eat to perform method. So I've gone through a bunch of their classes and, and follow that. Um, teach them how to track food, what food's important, why it's important. 
And then once we usually takes them about six to eight weeks to actually learn how to eat properly. And after that is basically just accountability. Yeah. Um, so we have that. Um, we also have an in-body scanner here. So some people just want to know what they're um, like, am I getting fatter? Am I getting skinnier? Am I growing muscle? So while we have that, we charge the members get one a, one a month with their membership. Um, and then if they want more than that, they throw it in there. Uh, but we also get people from just the general population to come in and get scans Then we run challenges throughout the year. So we have like a nutrition challenge that we run. Uh, we have a, a this year, we're going to start doing a, a walk challenge. So we're going to basically see who can walk a hundred miles in a month. <laughs> and, and then we, there's entry fees for that. And then there's like a winner. We'll get something. Um, yeah. And then we offer supplements. We have a partnership with a supplement company where we we sell their supplements. We get a small portion of whatever we sell. Um, and those are the, and we have some the generic like t-shirts and cups and stuff that we have, and we make a little bit money off of those too. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to have. I think you know, obviously multiple revenue streams in the gym. Those clients are going to pay for that stuff outside the gym anyway, so we might as well have those supplements, merch nutrition coaching and those challenges i love too i mean like especially for uh the retention side of things when you say the retention has been pretty high 90 percent of states since since you moved here to the space so besides those challenges sean do you think there's any other best practices you're doing that keeps your members engaged within your club there um i we have we have a group chat which is it's it's one of the most annoying things i've ever incorporated uh, because it's just like everybody's been in a group chat where that thing just Goes pops up yeah, hours and hours and hours and then it'll be dead for like a week so yeah. um but the group chat is good it keeps people engaged you can it gives us a more of a, a personal uh communication with them rather than just talking about like what how's your squat doing today we can talk about some other things we also try to do a group event every month so we're doing something as a group we either go to a happy hour um we went bowling last week and i got my ass kicked so i cried to the gym and that's funny for everybody but me um we we're going to like we have a my clients are mostly ladies so we're doing like a paint and sip night in a couple of weeks so we're all going to go drink wine and champagne and paint flowers or something i don't it'll be fun it'll be a good time i'm not an artist that, man you got you got a video that that should be fun yeah it's i've it was, yeah it'll be, we'll we'll have pictures i'm sure um yeah. oh yeah but, but we we have like we have movie night in my pool we do we just try to get together on a social aspect every once a month um and from like what we're trying to build here that's kind of what what my goal is is to create that social environment that seems to be lost in in this digital age that we're living in um, it's definitely lost man I, I agree totally and like you said like earlier um you know we have work we have home and then we have the gym and, and like to, to fill mm -hmm. that bucket is a uh, place to build community and i think this style of workout is the best way to do it so it's, that's kind of your your long-term goal here right sean what is like the biggest opportunity man you're looking to we'll say capitalize on over the next year so moving in here to year two of being in this space my biggest opportunity um challenge whichever version is is definitely the marketing side of it uh, like i said i'm a one man i'm a I, I do everything um i find social media to be super annoying like i if i didn't have the gym i would not have any of this stuff 
So I'm definitely, that's my biggest opportunity is to continue to post things so people can see the gym and be more active there. That's, you can definitely tell when you're doing that more regularly and when you're not, if you're doing it regularly, um, that trickling of, of interested parties comes in more. If you take sure. a couple of weeks off, you can definitely see that that goes down, but that's, that's the one thing that I, uh, I need to, I'm, I'm working on getting better at. Sure, sure, man. I hear it. It's definitely a skill to us, like learning a snatch or a, or a clean, same idea as a skill to that side of things with marketing and, uh, you know, wearing so many hats as the gym owner and, and head coach, it's, we only have so much time and energy in the day, you know? So like, with that being said, man, after these past three years of having this business, Sean, we got a lot of listeners who they want to open a gym, kind of their, their goal, their, their pipe dream, so to speak. Any advice you could give to that person listening that you've learned from kind of from, from your experience that would kind of set them up for success in the best light? I would, my spend time on your processes like having your processes in place before you get opened up is is way more beneficial than you have this that i read a lot now um so one of the adages that i read in a book and i don't remember who said it was like we don't rise to the level of our goals we fight we fall to the effectiveness of our processes or something to that effect so if you if you don't have a process for what you're doing um it's going to make things more difficult. So everything you can think of opening the gym, write a process, onboarding of people, write a process, retention, write a process, like go through all of the things that you're, you're going to run into and make sure you have a process for it and always be developing the process. Cause everything, something changes. Like you said, you're going to try something a million times. It's going to fail. Um, the other thing is don't be afraid to try shit. Like you're going to see all of these people. I mean, you're talking to me, people are going to give you ideas and pretend to be an expert right. different shit works for different people and that's, yeah, that's you just got to try it and see and that's that's the biggest thing like you're gonna fail a lot get used to it and just fail better the next time yeah, and failing failing is not a bad thing and fail fail forward so to speak right like and uh yeah only, only way we learn sometimes sometimes it's a little painful but uh the only way we learn and yeah and like you said yeah different things work for different people so you got to be willing to be open-minded and try everything but yeah like you said having those systems in place uh is super important 100 man so yeah sean dude all right great place thing to wrap this up uh this episode where can we find you uh website social media where can listeners check out what you got going on there uh we are at cabbyfunfit.com cabbyfunfit on instagram and facebook um, you can email me at coach at cabbyfunfit.com. Um, you're in Chandler. We're on the southwest corner of Cooper and Ray. Come in, say hi. Those are those are the best ways to get in touch with us. Sean, love and bro. Thank you for coming on today, spending some time with us, sharing your story, and we wish you the best of luck. All right. Thanks, Austin. You got it, brother. And listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for all of our future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. 
Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Haley from ID Pilates out of Buffalo, New York. Welcome, Miss Haley. How are you today? Hi, I'm really great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking an hour out of your busy day of being a business owner to sit down and have this conversation with us. Um, I'm super excited to dive in, but really before we do that, give us you know the backstory. Why did you open up this fitness business? Sure. Yeah. So you know, I, I don't know if I ever saw myself being a business owner. I grew up as a dancer, went to school for dance, moved to New York, and I feel like I just kind of got lucky. I started working as a receptionist at a Pilates studio in New York that was just truly lovely, um, a beautiful aesthetic, really great to be at. Um, the teachers were always taking part in continuing education, and the, the work was really all about the clients, and I just fell in love with that world. Um, And I'm being in Buffalo, I think people who know people from Buffalo know that people from Buffalo love Buffalo. And I just kept feeling like I want to do this in Buffalo. There's, you know, there's a neighborhood in Buffalo that I was like, we need this there. We need this in the Elmwood Village. I want to do this there someday. So I got my teacher training. I really loved it. I enjoyed it. And I, uh, within a couple of years, I was like, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to bring this to Buffalo. I want to do something like this in Buffalo. And it took a little while, you know, I, I took some time teaching at other studios and then I just kind of went for it and, uh, wanted to open a place that I felt like didn't quite exist yet. You know, a really clean aesthetic, really beautiful, calming place and really prioritizing the, the teachers and, and their passion and, and their ability to continue learning. And, um, yeah. So that's, that's the why. <laughs> well, that's awesome that you brought something to your area that you thought was much needed. And so now you have this facility, you guys have been in Buffalo. How long have you been there now? So we have existed like in the, in the way that we exist now as a physical studio for seven years. Um, we did just move and we actually did just rebrand. Um, so we've actually only been in our current space with our current name for about six months now, seven months, but it's been about seven years. Um, And before we were in the physical space, I actually started doing in-home Pilates. I just kind of like put postcards and hair salons and and tried to reach out. So I started to kind of build my clientele. One of the things that was important to me was that I never had to um, quote unquote, steal clients to open my space. I wanted to really try to get my own people first so that when I opened a physical space, I, I never had that issue. Um, so that's why I started there, but it's been seven years as a physical studio. Well, I love it. I love what you're doing. So what I want you to do for our listeners here so that they better understand who you are is kind of give us your elevator pitch of ID Pilates. Tell us, you know, who you are, what services you have to provide and just paint that picture so that we really have a good grasp on who you are and your business model before we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. So ID Pilates, ID stands for individually driven, and that's really, that is the main thing. Um, We provide Pilates sessions, Pilates-based workouts that are all about the individual in front of us. It's never a cookie cutter workout. We are really designing every session based on the individual person, their needs, their goals. We give them an alignment assessment. 
goal assessment, movement assessment, and then go from there and build their work accordingly. And we try really hard to do our group classes that way too. So in a group class, we never have more than six people on the reformers. And we never, you know, we, I'm sure we'll talk about growth at some point. I really don't want to go much past that. I never see myself having more than eight reformers in a room. And we always, the teachers always know who's going to be in their class ahead of time. We have information about the clients. We share information about the clients. So we'll never design a class that doesn't work for the people that are in that particular class. Um, we know what works for people, what doesn't work for people, what they're working on. Um, so it's really even in, you know, we kind of, at, at first when I was doing a lot of marketing, I'd call it the small group advantage because we really do, even in a group class, try to make it as much of a personalized experience as possible. Um, and then again, the value of, of continuing education is really important to me. So all of our teachers get a stipend, a stipend for continuing education and they get free workshops in-house um, at least a couple times a year. So they continue learning and growing. That's great. So you're really doing a lot for the community, your staff, your members. Um, and we talked already, you talked a little bit about growth for you. So you currently have about 60, you said 60 clients. Oh no, we have a lot more than that. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So, so one the, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but the, 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 that number might have come from, so we have one like membership package where people are okay. unlimited members okay. and that is probably where it comes from. But overall kind of rolling average, we have about 300 clients, give or take at any given time. Um, but it's, you know, most people pay for packages instead of like signing up for a contract. So it's, it's almost hard to track, you know, we never have just like a, one number of members. Yeah. Cool. Walk me through those packages a little bit so that we can better understand your, like your model and your reason and, and, and how you do things over mm -hmm. there. Yeah, so we do, like I said, we have both private sessions and group classes. Um, private sessions aren't membership-based, they're just package-based, so you can buy, you can pay per session if you'd like, or you can buy five, 10, or 25 sessions, and of course, you know, the high, the more sessions you buy at a time, the less you pay per session, and then we do a similar thing with our group classes as well. You can buy five, 10, or you can be an unlimited member. And we say, you know, it's always, that's the best value if you're going to come at least three times a week to the group classes. So they pay, you know, it's an auto pay situation. They're set up to pay every month and then they can come to as many classes as they want. And we're pretty flexible with that. We, we ask people to commit to three months. And then once, once that's over, they can stop it at any time. Okay, awesome. Do you find that the for the classes that that's pretty spread like people are kind of on different options or do you find that more clients are attracted to the unlimited? We have quite a few clients um, coming into our classes that do the unlimited. It's such a great value. Um, it's, it's almost like we're giving classes away to our unlimited members, but we do have a range. Um, we do have, we do allow um, class pass as well. So Sometimes we have some class fest people and honestly, with only six reformers, we have pretty full classes. So there's not a ton of that, but yeah, we, we kind of run the full scale from class pass to unlimited. Yeah. It's a nice so, one. How many classes are you having a day total? We have about five classes a day on average. Um, like we only, I think we have two on Saturday, three on Sunday, but during the week it's, it's about five classes a day. Awesome. And that's and just the group classes. Yeah. Those are the group classes, but yeah. it sounds like you do a lot of one-on-one -on -one private work. 
we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really interesting because I, I've, ha- I have talked to Pilates people before and it seems like it's the opposite for a lot of places, more classes than privates. Mm-hmm. So what made you decide to have to take that approach and have more private? Yeah. So I, I kind of think it happened organically. Um, I, the studio that I came from that really inspired me was mostly private sessions. And then they actually had Pilates mat classes as well, which now their business model doesn't have their purely private sessions. So that's the world I came from. It's the world I knew. It's what inspired me. It's what I really like to do. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate the Pilates teachers out there who love teaching like a fun fitnessy class, but that's not my um, strength as a Pilates teacher. I mean, I have other people working for me who, who that's kind of their bag, but for me, I love working one-on-one with someone and kind of working with their quote unquote issues and misalignments and helping them move better. So that's really where my passion lies. So private sessions were always going to be really important to me. When I first opened the studio, our focus was private sessions. And then we had mat classes as well. Um, I didn't take out a big loan or anything when I first opened. So it was like, let's buy the minimum of equipment to do private sessions. And then let's try group classes with mat for a while. Um, But the demand for reformer classes was definitely there. We started getting calls and mat classes really just weren't doing that well. Um, We'd get some people and, and, you know, we were surviving and making money through private sessions, but the classes didn't really happen. And then once I was able to buy enough reformers, we started with three. We started with three people in group classes. It took off like that and classes were full. And we just, as whenever I could, I'd add another reformer. Um, And we got up to five reformers at our old space and that's all we could fit. So then when we moved, we added the sixth. Um, But yeah, so private sessions has always just been kind of my main passion and my main focus, but I wanted it to be accessible for it to everyone too. And there was a demand for reformer classes. So we, we added it. Yeah. No matter what model that of of fitness that you're in, privates are always going to be great for the client because they're getting a more individualized approach. So like you said, if they're looking to really rehab a specific area on their body, like you can give them that personalized approach that they need to to make that happen. Um, But also like when we look at our business, it's great for business as well um, because, you know, we are bringing in a little bit more revenue when we're taking a more personalized approach. Mm -hmm. Um, So um how many coaches do you have total or I guess you don't call them coaches teachers yeah we call them teachers (laughs) yeah so I have two full-time employees who teach for me and also do administrative tasks um and that was that was like one of my main goals when I first opened my business so I'm very proud of that fact that I have full-time employees it's like a huge thing for me um and then we also have four part-time employees as well Okay. So when it, when we come to the, uh, you know, the topic of members, you said, you know, at any given time, you have about 300 people coming to the facility. Where are they hearing about you? Like, how do you guys advertise yourselves to the community? I will say a lot of it is word of mouth um, and social media. Word of mouth and social media are really the big things. I don't do a lot of you know, traditional print marketing or anything like that. There have been times where I've thought about it and then it just kind of doesn't quite make sense. We also, the location we're in now is a little bit more um, kind of off the beaten path, but we were right on a main strip called Elmwood Avenue for the first six years in business. So there was a lot of foot traffic too. Yeah. Yeah. Word of mouth, foot traffic, 
um, referrals. These are always going to be our favorite things as business owners, no matter what line of business we're in, because they're free. We don't have to spend any money to have word of mouth. We just have to have an awesome service that people want to talk about. Um, And so that's proven, you know, you have about 300 people coming and you've gotten most of them from word of mouth. So it's proven to be an effective strategy for you. Um, Social media too, especially the past few years, everybody's spending a lot more time digitally. I mean, we're here meeting digitally. Right. So um, walk me through the social media. Like, are you guys actually bringing in leads from social media, do you feel like, or is it just something that helps? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if I have a a direct answer that I can say 100%, you know, this person came in because of Instagram, you know, it's, um, but I definitely, yeah, there's definitely some of that. I think, you know, we have a pretty big social media presence. Um, I actually had some, did some work in social media marketing for a while. So it's something that I felt like I could do and it's just grown and grown and grown. Um, you know, I, I worked to have a social media presence right away. And then I had a receptionist for a while who was so good at design and branding. It's funny, that's like not her focus at all, but she was just really good at it. And she helped kind of give us a more cohesive look. And then one of my full-time employees has has taken over the social media a lot. And she's just like grown that even more and made it even more just streamlined and clean and beautiful and consistent. So, you know, I, I think, I know we could do more, right? We can always do more, but I think we've done a pretty good job of, of getting social media out there. So I think, um, you know, the younger crowd who's kind of looking to social media to get their ideas and their inspiration of where to go are seeing us and, and coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find like with your social media, is it all organic or are you guys doing like the paid advertising side? So most of it is organic. We, I will do paid ads every once in a while, um, but it's often more for bigger things like our teacher trainings. Um, having people come in, members come in for group classes and private sessions tends to be more organic. Got it. So my next question to you, Haley, would be, you know, if you look at your business right now, what would you say is the biggest challenge or bottleneck for you? And what are you doing to kind of work on overcoming that? Mm -hmm. So staffing 100% is the biggest um, obstacle. I'm really lucky. I have an amazing team. All of my employees are wonderful and committed and great teachers. So I don't have staffing issues in the terms of like turnover or having difficulty managing my staff or anything like that, but we could use more teachers. And there's just, um, in the Western New York area and Buffalo, there just don't seem to be a a ton of teachers and, and there can be a barrier for sure. Um, Pilates teacher trainings can be expensive. It's a lot of time. Um, so that's, definitely a challenge, but we are actually at a point where we have a wait list for private sessions and most of our group classes are on wait list. Um, so if we had more teachers, we would be doing even better than we are now and have more business coming in. Um, and I am someone, you know, sometimes Pilates studio owners tend to be kind of small and don't want more employees, which is great for them, but they often have to turn people away because it's, you know, it's only them and they can only do so much. And I don't take that approach. I'm, I'm happy to have a team and have more people and, you know, have more hours available. Um, but they're just, it's been hard. We've tried to hire and there's just really no one out there who's looking for a job. So the main thing we're doing to combat that is, is just more teacher trainings. You know, we put teacher trainings out there and then hope that those people, um, want to continue and continue working and that it's a good match. Um, so that's a big part of it. And then 
the next step for me, because again, teacher trainings do cost money and they're, um, you know, that can be a big barrier. So the next step for us is creating a scholarship program for our teacher trainings to hopefully kind of overcome that barrier. Where are you looking to find um, teachers? Like what platforms are you utilizing to, you know, put the job out there? Mm-hmm. Um, we usually use social media and again, kind of word of mouth. I've gotten really lucky in the past where right when I need a teacher, someone has just kind of come out of the woodwork because they've just moved back here. Or they, you know, mm. talked to another person in the area who knew that we needed teachers. Um, but that has mostly been social media. Um, we are currently working on getting um, an account on LinkedIn and trying to do a little more on LinkedIn instead of just like Facebook and Instagram posts. Um, and I'm thinking about using Indeed right now, but I've never had to spend money on an ad for hiring before. And Indeed is expensive. I used it to, to find a massage therapist, um, but probably heading in that direction now. One of the things I would love to do that I that feels like a barrier right now that I feel a little like, hmm, I don't know how to do this is... Um, trying to reach out past our area and see if someone might be interested in coming to our studio who doesn't even live here yet because we are a growing brand um, because I do provide benefits and full-time opportunities you know to to try to see if I could do some recruiting outside of just locally that's like one of the next steps that I feel a little like I don't know do we do that how do we do that but yeah yeah um so I really like that you you very briefly there mentioned LinkedIn. And I think like a lot more people like in this generation, we're becoming a lot more active on LinkedIn. It seems like the past few years. And so um, I think on LinkedIn, like there is the option on there to post something as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But just building your following and connecting with other Pilates instructors, other Pilates business owners, like that Mm -hmm. might be helpful too, because you might find a connection to somebody who's, in the Buffalo area, I mean, Buffalo is not a small area, right? It's, it's pretty, pretty big, right? Well, it's not, I mean, it's considered a small city, but it's a city, you know, it's, yeah, yeah we, we're not a small town by any means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um, it's just a matter of like continuing that hunt. And it is hard in this industry, no matter what type of gym or fitness business you have, we're all struggling with hiring right now. It's it's just a matter of the fact. So, um, and it sounds like you're providing a lot of opportunities for your employees and that can be enticing for somebody who's looking for a job in this industry. Um, You're creating a career opportunity rather than just a job. Um, So my next question here, and this is kind of the last juicy loaded question. So take (laughs) it as you will. you're a self-proclaimed dreamer. You say yeah. you like to dream, you like big things. So yeah. talk to me about those goals. What do you see the future of ID Pilates? Sure. So, I mean, the the big dream really is to be a nationally recognized brand by Pilates teachers and the Pilates industry for teacher training. Um, you know, I, I that's actually like my all-time favorite part of my job is is training teachers so I love that and I'm trying to grow that program I would love to have it um, be something where other Pilates studios can can call us and host a teacher training at their studio so that's you know one of the big immediate goals that I'd really love to gain I'd I'd love to open other studios and have other locations and expand in our own area and then, you know, regionally, maybe out to like Rochester, Syracuse, other places in New York state. 
Um, and then eventually even bigger than that. And actually one of my personal goals as a Pilates teacher and not a business owner is to focus more on pre and postnatal Pilates and helping empower women to take care of their bodies before and after baby. Yeah. So a lot of big things coming for you, a lot of big goals. What do you feel like it's super important for you to focus on right now as things currently stand to get you in a position where you are, you know, all around New York, maybe nationally, Mm -hmm. Um, you have a great pre and postnatal Pilates program going. Um, What do you have to focus on now to make all of that, not a dream, but a reality? Yeah, I think, I think for me, the big focus is um, honing our delegation and, and the way our team works so that that's really smooth. I'm, I am so incredibly grateful for the people who work at my studio and the way they take on tasks and the way they are able to. So I'm a self-proclaimed dreamer and a self-proclaimed not detail person. And I've been so lucky to have the people that are working for me and with me, you know, be better at some of the stuff that I'm not great at. And I think continuing to just like really, really get that working like a machine, you know, and just like all of having everybody really working on what they're super strong in so that they can um, help with those growth plans, you know, and, and we're there, we're getting there for sure. Um, I think some of that is my own delegation and organization. And then it's just kind of like getting the, the brand as an organization set up in a way that can grow and can scale. I think some of it too, is just like figuring out what it would be. I think I get intimidated about growing to another location because I'm like, I don't know, is it, is it a franchise? Is it that we, you know, that is it not franchising? Is it, what does it look like? Um, you know, and that takes a lot of learning and understanding and yeah, then it's, it's challenging, you know, because it's also, we want to spend our time thinking about how to be the best Pilates teachers we can be in providing an amazing service. So there's only so much time for learning about the business side of it too. Definitely challenging to kind of figure that all out, but I know that you will. I mean, you've been doing this now for seven years and it sounds like it's been a journey, but you're in a really good position now. Um, If you had to give a word of advice to somebody who is fairly new to the industry, what would you tell them? Hmm. It's okay to not know everything right now. It's okay to take it one step at a time and one day at a time. Um, I feel like that's how I did it and it and it feels scary, but it works and learn what you need to learn right now to deal with what you have in front of you right now and know that you're going to continue learning and learning and learning as you do it. And also it's okay to ask for help and you aren't going to be you aren't going to be able to know everything and be an expert at everything and use the resources around you. Most definitely. I appreciate that insight. The industry is constantly evolving and it's okay to not know, you know, what the next big thing is. You're going to find your way. And so thank you for reminding us of that. Um, And thank you, Haley, for being here today. It was wonderful hearing your insight, having a Pilates studio here on the show. Um, Listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Please don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Words Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Mark with Custom Fit out of Texas, and everybody, it happens to be his birthday, so let's wish him a happy birthday here as well. Mark, happy Friday, man. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing wonderful, you know got some sleep you know the baby finally get some rest and you know it's my birthday and i got a little bit of time off work for a little bit and then i'll probably go in later today to you know pick up some there clients we go. There we go. yes yes yeah no better way to spend the birthday man i love it extra yeah. rest is always good yes. <laughs> and mark it you know, we're excited to have you on. I'll tell you that. And and look, we're definitely ready to dive in to the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Custom Fit. But, you know, first, let's take a step back here. And we want to give you the floor, right? We want to give you the opportunity to go ahead and give the viewers a little perspective, a little understanding on what Custom Fit is in your words. So how would you explain Custom Fit? Custom Fit is mostly came about because I joined later on, you know, with another partner. And what my understanding of it, at least after discussing with my partner, is we wanted to create a small space because both of us have worked in a big box gym and all that stuff. And we, you know, saw some of the things that we did not like. And we wanted to have a space where it's client and customer service first. We don't want the client to just be another number. So we create a space where, you know, we focus on corrective exercise. We cover all, you know, aspect of exercise, but for the most part is corrective exercise after people been to PT, uh, um, been through Camp Gladiator and then end up getting hurt because of lack of form or other stuff or, you know, doing their own things or just want to come in for rehabilitation. We focus on that and we make it so that it's one-on-one individual space so that we don't have all the other distractions that come with, you know, a big box gym where it's more like we cater to you. All the equipment are based on your needs and we're not looking to you being just a number number. more like a family kind of thing. And clients can usually attest to that where they like, you know, family, we're involved in their life. They're involved in our life and when they need help, we are there. When we need help, they're there. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that, Mark. I think that's so important that you put them at the forefront. You know, you're not here driven off of profit, which again, I always yeah. say you need the money to survive, but yeah. 
you can't make it your livelihood. And I, I love that. I love that, Mark. That's such an important piece in it. And it really goes to show how genuine of a person you are. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things that get lost in this industry is people forget why they started and that's to change lives. And you genuinely are, especially with the corrective exercise stuff. You're genuinely changing someone's life. So yeah. I appreciate you still being uh, one of the genuine ones here, Mark. That means a lot. So, you know, definitely want to dive in to uh, the basics, at least here. You know, Mark, um, how many members are you serving currently? Uh, we have 80, give or take a few. Um, so, and usually they all don't come at once during each month. Some of them, um, because the way we have a setup is where each member buy like a number amount of sessions and they can use it how they feel fit, you know, to their own daily life. So we have some people that will buy a month and then probably don't, don't want to start because they have to go on a trip and something like that. And so even though they count towards the number we, when we currently have clients about each part, myself, I'll take on 20 a month and then she will take about 20 a month. And sometimes we'll increase that number based on, you know, if somebody's sick, somebody's, you know, have to travel, somebody have to take a holiday off. And so we are just based on that because it's only two of us. We did bring somebody on board, but they were more after money and less about clients. So that did not work out and stuff like that. So total right now due to the summer vacation and travel, we have about 45 people active right now. The others, um, they're just waiting for when school starts and when they get back into their daily routine, then they come back and then do that. Yeah, yeah, uh, 100%. I think it's important that even from an employment standpoint, you know, you have to bring people on who are aligned with your culture, right? The way your your perspective on how you treat your customers and 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 the belief that you have, which I think is, is I I'm, I appreciate you admitting that on air and letting us know that, and the viewers should appreciate that as well because I think a lot of gym owners kind of just hire somebody with you know best certifications or with just a certification sometimes because they might need it, you know. Um, but you can't just put anybody. It's just like I think about it, I always say like the, the example of like a baby, right? You're not gonna have anybody to take care of your baby. You know, you gotta yeah. know, like, and trust them. Um, and the same thing with your employees, you know, and then not that you have to know, like, trust them. Of course, you're going to know them and get to know them a little more over time, but they have to be aligned with your beliefs and, and what you guys truly believe that you want to do with your gym. So I appreciate you sharing that with us there, Mark. And so kind of curious here, you know, what's been the best method of getting new people through the door, right? You have you know, that 45, 50 active clients now and a couple other clients that are just um, coming in, in when the school year starts. So how are you able to to bring in that amount of clients and, and get them interested in, in the gym? Well, uh, um, most of the time we get people to reach out to, to us through via Google uh, search and we get most of the clients that way. And then we get some from referral from other members that are already there who like the results and like, you know, the close knit, you know, relationship that we have that we actually care about them. So word of mouth. And then we also do have a marketing individual that I personally usually don't work with her because the, my partner work with her most of the time because she handled 
most of the administrative stuff. So she interact with her, but most of the time, uh, when it comes to like creative, creating content and stuff like that, that's when I would get involved with that. And so she will be in charge of uh, Instagram, Facebook, and all the other marketing stuff. But most of the time, generally, I would say about 60% of our members or clients reach out to us via Facebook, uh, Google search. And so that's how we get them in the door. Yeah, yeah, completely. I, I love the versatility, right? I love that you're, you're not just focus on one direction. It's like, oh yeah, we just focus on word of mouth or we just focus on just this one thing. I think the fact that you have different avenues is definitely going to be a benefit uh, long-term that versatility, you know, even from a service standpoint, right? When you have versatility in marketing service and you have different options that people can do and people can find you, I think that's the biggest thing, Mark. So to really set yourself up for success here. So great stuff. And so, you know, I know it's definitely you and your partner that you have working on the back end. And I know you have um, via the marketing uh, administrative assistant there as well, but always kind of curious, you know, how can a two man, you know, three man team, how do you guys track these, these, these people, these numbers? I mean, it's a lot to have, you know, even 10, 20, 30 people, but when you're going 40, 50, 60 plus, how do you track how long they've been with you? If they're canceling, where they've come like how do you track those metrics oh we have a, a website a program that we use which is wellness you know called it's called wellness um and also that's where we keep we make our schedules and we also keep track of how many sessions somebody have and you know when somebody cancel we can go in there and put did they cancel early, you know, based on our policy? Did they give us a 24-hour notice before they canceled their, you know, or no show? Or did they, you know, have an illness? We'll make notes of those. And then we have like a spreadsheet from there where, you know, we click on it and then it will show us how long the person have been, how many sessions they have had. And it's also good on our part because we can track whether or not somebody have been using their session and how many of them they have used. And we also keep, because we know sometimes technology falter, so we also keep handwritten. So by usually when the clients come in, we have their exercise log, we write down the date, we write down, you know, what the exercises that they did that day, even though they can also access it online. We just wanna make sure in case the computer crashes, the, you know, website go, under maintenance, you know, that we can, they can come in and we're like, oh, this is what you do. Or if they, you know, want to go to their doctor or a PT and then the PT asks them, oh, what did you do? They can always access that file and then they can go. And so when they come like, oh, I wasn't here on this day. And we can pull that and say, hey, this is, you were here on this day. This is what you did, did, did. or, you know, also it helped me if somebody say, oh, something hurts and I can go and look at, you know, what did I have programmed for you that day and see if something from that, you know, caused that injury or do an evaluation and make sure that I know exactly, you know, where something went wrong or if you, you know, got that injury outside of the facility. Because sometimes some people get hurt outside, but they'll think that the exercise that they did cause them harm 
because so that is also good for us because liability wise keeping those record is really yeah. good yeah no that, that's great uh, again i think one thing that i could, i noticed about you mark is is it, you are very very adamant about having versatility and in all aspects which is great because i always say it, it, it's the same mindset of not being one dimensional so if one thing goes wrong you have another place and you're thinking about the worst case scenario before it even happens so definitely going to keep you prepared for any situation or any scenario that's come forward and i'm glad i'm glad again that you're 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 you're, you're doing the basics at such a high level and that's really what's going to set you aside from a lot of other people and that's what makes the most successful people in the world right it's who does the basics the best so great stuff there mark i'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball here and give you a little bit of a longer winded question, but a good question in itself, uh, a good self-reflection, self-improvement kind of question. So if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know, but um, bear with me on, I'll, I'll explain it as, as, as simply as possible. So, you know, in the fitness and gym industry, we use about three pillars of business pretty predominantly, and that's going to be number one, your lead generation, your marketing, getting people through the door, right? Number two, your acquisition, which is just sales, right? Acquiring somebody from being interested to making them a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So Mark, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? We, I say retention. Retention maybe because, and also, well, no, we're pretty good at keeping, uh, we have about 80% retention rate, but um, the, getting people through the door sometimes, we, because we it's just the two of us and we have so many clients already that sometimes we like, I don't think we want any more, so we back off a little bit and stuff. That why I mentioned earlier, we brought somebody on so that we can say, oh, we can take on more people. But um, I think most of the time we get complacent because we're like, okay, we have had, we got enough members, you know, we're not going to focus so much our resources trying to get new members because we don't have the space and time for them. And so, I would say probably, you know, trying to recruit more members and and retention is usually just people who come in expecting something else or they have some type of ideology, unrealistic expectation about fitness in general. And we sit them and educate them what the proper fitness protocols are and what results mean and what we as you know fitness professionals you know trying to do for them based on their goal and see you know where we can tell them hey i don't think that's possible or that's realistic and sometimes those people will accept the fact and they say well never mind i don't want to do this anymore because of some perception that they have built up that you know create a fog but you know we those people come and go and we yeah. think we're not as worried about those. Yeah, because also, again, it's just as much as, as it has to make sense for them, it has to make sense for you. And if they ruin your culture, again, there, there's no, you can't jeopardize the quality experience of those long-term 
dedicated, mm-hmm. loyal clients by somebody who has an unrealistic perspective on what they're trying to obtain, acquire, whatever you may say. So it's completely understandable. And I, and again, I appreciate the transparency because again, I think it really does put in perspective for the future gym owners and current gym owners of what to really expect. So again, thank you for that, Mark. And so now finishing up here, last two questions for you, my two favorite questions, you know, um, what's the bigger picture? What are you guys trying to accomplish long-term? Well, Right now, my partner is, you know, she's older and she's been in the business for over 25 years. And, you know, and she's worked with pretty big name people and she's looking to retire. And so, which would mean that I have to take on all that responsibility. So the bigger picture is to bring somebody on board and at least somewhat fit within the culture and, you know, can assist. and. We, even though we want to expand because we want to add, you know, we want to expand the building that we are in, add like a PT room, you know, and then a massage therapy room, um, and then a mental health room. So mostly like an entire total wellness of the individual so that we have all these ally healthcare providers in the same building so that, hey, you know, you might need to go see this person. You might need to go see this chiropractor or you might need to, you need not only physical fitness and you need mental, you know, wellness at the same time. So have those access of those people in the same building and we can work off of each other so that if you send them to that physical therapist, the physical therapy know what your program is and what you're doing so they can work and follow based on that. So everybody's on the same page so that that person is well taken care of because everybody communicate and everybody know, okay, this is what the individual is dealing with. And so you don't have to go and then we tell the story to a, a, you know, the client doesn't go to a PT or a mental health specialist and we tell them the entire story because they already know um, that the trainer have told that person and then that person told the other one and we all communicate and make it a better experience for the client itself, themselves and you know, make it easier on them and then also make it easier finding somebody that can help instead of just somebody that just wanna have them as another number and then just do the bare minimum because we get most of that complaint when we get people come in. They're like, I went to PT, the PT didn't do anything. They just make me do this repetitive, repetitive motion and they didn't do anything. I'm like, okay, did you tell them? And they're like, no, I thought that they're supposed to know what to do. And I'm like, well, you have to communicate, you know, with the PT and then let them, hey, I just don't have that problem. I feel problems other places. And I'm like, you know, even though sometimes they make the PT sound like the PT is not doing their job. I'm like, you also have to communicate. The PT only is going to do what your insurance or somebody's paying for, and they're not going to do more than that, but communicate with them to see what they can do for you and stuff like that. So, Yeah, yeah, like a one-stop shop, a true one-stop shop for yeah. other members. That's awesome. I love yeah. that, Mark. And I got one last question for you here. One last question, my favorite question. Um, 
you know, Mark, if, uh, if you could go back in time here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really, really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? I actually thought about that a lot, you know, um, learn as much as you can, you know, learn more about the business and the nuance, not just, you know, focus on the, you know, how much do I know about anatomy, biomechanics of the individual, you know, exercise physiology, but no, how does the business work, you know, how, you know, marketing work and all this. And then, you know, I advise myself, maybe just don't focus on what you learned in school, you know, through, you know, four, six years of education. Learn about, find ways to get other resources and maybe create a bigger network. And also not just network with other trainers, but network with allied professionals, you know? And so where you can, refer clients to each other and stuff like that. And then also the advice would be like being active on social media also, because I know that for me, I don't live off of social media and I don't, my social media, media present is very limited. And I'm, because I'm always busy on what's happening right now in front of me and the people in front of me. So I wish I can post more about my business via social media to get family members and friends to be more involved. But sometimes I try to stay hesitant from that part, even though I think I should do that more, is because most of the time, family members and friends tend to want to take advantage of your business and stuff so they always want to you know hey do stuff on the cheap end knowing that hey i still have to pay the rent on this building i have to you know pay for this you know marketing flyer and stuff like that so i can just keep giving your family discount and things like that so um but maybe social media presence and learning about the business aspect of the current business more and less about the fitness, anatomy, and all the exercise physiology parts, you know, that would be it. I love it, Mark. Mark, that was a mic drop of an answer, man. Not even going to mention anything there. Like a way to close it out with that one. And look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, you know, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and your gym? Uh, um, Custom Fit Builder. We also have a website, customfit.com. Um, we also, you can find us through Google. Um, you, can, you can also follow me uh, not only on our business work, um, Instagram, which is Custom Fit. But you can also follow me on my personal Instagram, which is Double M Fitness, which is where, I, you know, when I was more of an individual, you know, personal trainer, that's where I posted some stuff. And I don't have a face, uh, Twitter or YouTube, so I can't really post. 
But um, if you also look on Facebook, Double M Fitness, during the pandemic, I posted a bunch of free exercise video for some of our members uh, who can come in and so, so they can stay active and don't decline and lose their, you know, results and stuff like that. So that was something we did on our part to make sure the members stay active. So there's free videos up there and programming. It's for all, it's encompassing weight loss, weight gain, and just overall fitness. So you can pick, there's some Pilates in there, yoga. So you pick which one you want and, you know, let me know. Feel free to contact us anytime if you're in the Texas area. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, Mark, and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Uh, you know, if you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds here, Mark, I just want to let you know how you're going to get the podcast. I would appreciate it. Just going to sign everybody else out over here. Okay. Mm -hmm. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.